You're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier, one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. Today, I am interviewing the amazing Renee and Jenna from Real Health NZ. These two lovely ladies and fellow Kiwis, I might add, first ones I've had interviewed on my show, um, they've created an amazing business offering so many things. Basically, I'm going to try and say it in a nutshell. They're offering, they've got online fitness training, they've got nutrition advice, they've got pregnancy-specific fitness programs, they've got a postnatal-specific fitness program about to launch, which is amazing. They offer personalized design plans. They are doing it with not only a business they've launched, but a massive wealth of knowledge. And I'm talking, I don't even have time to rattle them all off, but I'm talking between the two of them, qualifications in sports and exercise and teaching and health coaching and nutrition and even fertility and pregnancy, lactation specific nutrition. I mean, wealth of knowledge here. Plus, they have won an award for innovation and recreation in sport. That's pretty impressive. Plus, I've got four kids between them. So, oh my gosh, this is going to be an amazing interview. These two are on fire and I have been dying to have them on here and steal a little bit of an insight into their knowledge. So, first thing is first, welcome, 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 Renee and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I've been, I'm so excited to interview you guys. We've been trying to organize this one for a little while. We've had a few mum life things. We've had to rejuggle it. So this has been a highly anticipated interview for for all of us. Yeah, we're here now. We're getting it done. Absolutely. That's what what we do. We just get, we just juggle it around and get it done. So I'm sure we're going to get carried away with chatting. So I'm going to get straight into the questions (laughs) because we're absolutely going to get overcome with conversation. So I am going to get straight into it and I am going to ask you, what are the main questions that you guys get from mums in the postnatal period? There are lots of different questions, but one that comes through loud and clear is how soon can I start exercising after I have a baby? Yes, that's probably the biggest one, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, people talk about the magic six weeks. Um, from our perspective, the six-week mark is the absolute bare minimum. And I think it's really important to mention that because with getting back into exercise, everyone's challenges and everyone's recovery postpartum are completely different. And what one woman faces is completely different to someone else. And it's just really important to not rush it and go at your own pace when it comes to getting back into exercise. There's no magic number or magic week where you should be getting into things. And I know for me personally, both times at the six-week mark, getting back into exercise was very low down on my list of priorities. <laughs> I agree. I think that after my youngest is almost three and I still feel like it's too loud, <laughs> too low down on my priority. But people do, like people have in their mind, yeah, six weeks is fine or sometimes even people are always trying to, and you guys would see it all the time, always trying to exercise earlier and think, I feel okay, like what's the problem? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I guess that's a good segue into something that Jenna and I talk about a lot, which is medical clearance versus medical clearance. And at six weeks, chances are you might feel fine and people will go, oh, you know, you're good to go. You've met that six-week mark. Your GP, or even your midwife might say, yep, you're good to go. But getting real medical clearance means going to see a female physiotherapist to get yeah. that warrant of fitness before starting back into exercise because often there can be things that you might not necessarily feel 
uh, that could be going on, um, particularly if you've had a vaginal birth. Yeah, in terms of pelvic health and yeah, there's lots of things that can happen where you might not necessarily have symptoms. So that warrant of fitness with a specialised female physiotherapist is really, really important in our opinion. I think that's good to note too, because there's a lot of people that getting back to fitness might mean going for walks or doing all the kind of light stuff. Whereas there's a lot of other people that getting back to fitness means like CrossFit or, you know, more full on activity that they're potentially going to put themselves more at risk of doing injuries than, you know, Jenny down the street who says her getting back to fitness is going for a walk twice a week. So I do totally think that's a good point that you mentioned about really making sure you are okay to get back to the activity that you're intending on doing. Totally. And I think too that it's really important, and I'm sure we'll go into this, but creating that foundation and that solid base before jumping into, you know, anything really, really high intensity or anything like that, making sure that everything's working properly, you know, our pelvic health, our abdominal, making sure that our core's regained instead of its, in terms of its strength. It's also important to create that great solid foundation first before we, you know, jump into things in terms of exercise. Especially because people often think, well, because I say forget, but presume they're, they're the same person they were before they had a baby. So they think, I feel fine. I'm sure that everything will hold up just as it used to when I had no children. And it's, I think it's probably a harsh reality for a lot of people that they may feel and think they look the same, but their body inside has been changed. Yeah. And it's been through so much. <laughs> And yeah, taking that time to, you know, make sure that your pelvic floor is really strong and that your core is strong before jumping back into what you're originally doing is so important. And yeah. before the call, we touched on, you know, the programs that are out there that we can, that are often advertised for mums to get their body back in quotation marks, I'm saying this, um, <laughs> the worst things that a mum could be doing that might have something going on that she doesn't realise, for example, prolapse, a partial prolapse or things like abdominal separation that you know, 60% of women suffer from abdominal separation and one, I think it's one in three will suffer from some form of incontinence after having a baby. Yet these kind of things aren't really talked about in the open and these programs that are saying, you know, get back into your high intensity interval training or you're running straight away, putting a lot of pressure on women. We think. Yeah. And actually they can do a lot of damage if things aren't rehabbed properly in the, in the initial initial stages and initial weeks and Abs- oh, totally and that's the thing you do something and then you injure yourself or you do something that then puts you out of exercising or puts you out of the fitness space for even longer because you've got into it too hard or too soon or too early or inappropriately with the wrong kinds of exercise totally mm-hmm. so it's, no that's uh, pretty scary actually well, and that's the thing with the, I mean, this world of internet and social media, there's a whole lot of people out there selling different products and prob- um, you know, problem solving things with regards to fitness and health for mums that you just trust that they know what they're talking about and what they're recommending. But it is really important to make sure the people giving you advice are the people qualified to give you advice. Yeah, totally. That's something we talk about quite a lot at Real Health NZ is doing your research in that space when it comes to exercise and, and postpartum exercise particularly because it is such a delicate time and it's really important to get to the bottom of anything that you think might be going on postpartum rather than just thinking, oh, she'll be right. <laughs> That's the old attitude, isn't it? She'll be right. Come on, we'll be fine. And then something happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think there's a big gap there that doesn't really get talked about there's lots of fun things that happen postpartum that 
we as quite often we don't talk about so things like incontinence and prolapse when they are so so common yeah and there is that notion of just oh you know I've had a baby and it's part of it that I'm suffering from you know incontinence and things like that or she'll be right I'm just going to slap a pad on because I want to get back running but it shouldn't be that way and we really need to get to the bottom of those issues before you know getting back into what we used to be doing in any form of pelvic health issues any form of leakage is not normal and I think it's really important to put that out there that it doesn't have to be that way yeah building those foundations because it's going to help with your quality of life later on in life isn't it well that's the thing you want to do something that not only makes you feel better for now it actually makes you feel better long term I do love the fact you introduced it as there's lots of fun things that happen postnatally because I was thinking oh cool fun things what's she going to talk about and then I realized the sarcasm and you were about to talk about <laughs> the things that aren't so fun because I actually thought you were going to talk about fun and sometimes you're not prepared for as well I think oh, yeah. or you know it might happen but it's not going to happen to you so it's just one of those things that happens to other people or people who have had seven children versus it happens to people that have one child and that was totally our approach and our thoughts this time too and reality is both Renee and I are dealing with different circumstances postpartum that yeah have have definitely meant that we've had to hold back a bit in terms of getting back into exercise and really taking the time to build that foundation and build those muscles and their strength back up Again, it's just so important to do things the right way rather than trying to fix what you've done later on. I know that we, I talk a lot in my podcast episodes and on my social media with regards to this whole lack of village that surrounds mums these days. And often that also plays out in the fact that if mums potentially want to get back into, you know, exercise or just things for their health and well-being once they have a baby, without that village, they often struggle to be able to put themselves out there. So what do you guys recommend and recommend that new mums do, especially ones without much of a village, for their own their own health and fitness that they can do? I guess being a new mum, it can be quite easy to let yourself fall to the bottom of your own priority list. Like you've got so much to learn with being a new mum and in terms of your baby, you know, every single mum's got different challenges that they face. But I guess something that we push from Real Health NZ is that in order, and this I guess is our mother, we like to call it our motherhood mantra, in order to care for others, you must care for yourself as well. And as a mum, in order to give the best of ourselves to the world and the best of ourselves to those that we love, and especially our little ones, our babies, we have to be filling up our cup and we have to be looking after our health and our wellness and making it a priority as well. Because at the end of the day, if mum's sick, it's a lot harder to care for your little ones and you know do good by them. That's true, because um, the world doesn't stop. You still have to parent. Yeah, totally, totally, exactly. And I think a big thing with that is whilst making it a priority is also accepting that we talk about realistic self-care at Real Health NZ because, you know, when you being a mum, it's sometimes it's absolutely chaos. And when we talk about self-care, we're not, we're not, not bubble necessarily and... meaning heading along to a hot yoga class or even the gym. Is or a day only... at the spa. <laughs> or a day spa. It would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would absolutely. be nice, but it's not possible But most of the time. But what is possible, you know, setting a few things up so that you can, you know, take 20 minutes out to do a, a home workout or to um, have a, like a bit of quiet time and a meditation before bed. It's about just finding finding what works for you in terms of your, in the new, fresh air. your yeah. new realistic self-care and accepting that it's okay that maybe pre-baby 
it looks like a lot more <laughs> and being okay with now the fact that it might be a walk or it might be a home workout rather than what you were doing before, if that makes sense. That's so true because it is about being realistic because, yeah, again, before baby, self-care and time out for you could be a whole day and a dinner and a breakfast the next day. Now self-care is a shower in silence and maybe watching TV by yourself or getting a walk out of the house or grocery shopping by yourself. You know, it's a completely different vision of how you take care of yourself once you have children. Yeah, but it is important too at the end of the day, like to absolutely in that window in your day to do something for your health and wellness because we like to say at the end of the day, if you don't have your health, you've literally got nothing and to care for that little baby and those little babies that you've got you've got to look after number one you've got to look after you as well it's ironic though it's often the last priority but it should be the first priority but it always falls to the bottom I think that's why we're so passionate we love helping mums find you know and helping them find just a little bit of time in their day little tweaks here and there that can help them to do that and I think particularly with exercise, you know, exercise is so good, not only for our physical health, but our mental health too. And um, I know for me, when I became a new mum, I, I found it really hard the first year. I really struggled. I think just exercise was my antidepressant, um, I guess you could say. Um, I was looking at some stats the other day and, you know, Plunkett in New Zealand say that 10 to 20% of new mums suffer from postnatal um, depression and anxiety and I would say that, that you know that's probably the mums that put their hand up yeah. and say that they're suffering but there's so many more that don't put their hand up um, that kind of battle along through it and I think that's what makes us so passionate about helping women exercise postpartum as well because exercise can be that little escape and the endorphins that you get from moving your body can make you feel so or they do make you feel yeah. so much better and they make you help you to cope with all of the chaos that motherhood is and, and get through all of those challenges that each of us face every single day. Like every week we were talking the other day, there's, there's something new. Like my little baby last night was vomiting and there's challenges every day and the exercise here yeah, just helps us to get through all of those. Oh yeah, every day is a new surprise as to what it might throw at you when you have children. I love that you... I love that you mentioned postnatal depression because I talk a lot about postnatal depression and I felt like you were like speaking the words out of my brain because I talk exactly about that. The stats are reporting, yeah, often depending on what you read, between about 7 and 20% of women having postnatal depression, exactly like you said, those are the people that identify and seek help exactly. and actually comment. I would hate to think what the real stats are, to be honest, but I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done around exactly that people actually identifying and little things like exercise is proven to improve mental health so throw I mean that's just even general mental health let alone postnatal depression where not feeling like you is probably one of the biggest things with postnatal depression so being able to take time out and get a walk or just something some exercise something to fire you up yeah no it's it's feel just after you know, a little circuit, a 12-minute workout or a 20-minute walk um, down the road. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be much to get that feeling of, oh, you know, I can, I've got this. I've got this. I can do it. And, and also, yeah, like you say, just you've taken that time, even if it's 12 minutes. It's like, cool, I could fit in that just for myself and I feel better and now I can carry on with cleaning up last night's vomit and going to the grocery store and all the other things that my child may throw at me today. But we yeah. know, and we know too, that actually finding that time, it's all very well for us to say, you know, find the time, it's really important, but we do appreciate that it is really hard and it's hard for us too. One of the things that we advise our clients to do is to set up an exercise queue 
which um, is so simple, such a simple thing, but it makes such a significant difference to actually getting that exercise done rather than just thinking it. So for example, um, my exercise cue is when my husband comes home and he um, generally, if he's home early enough, will take over like the bath duty. And in that 20 minutes that he's doing the girl's bath, I can fit in 20 minutes of exercise. So oh, I like this. I think I need to implement this in my life somehow. An exercise cue. You need to ask me in like a month what if I've organized my exercise cue and that I'm doing it. <laughs> but yeah, because otherwise it is just one of those things that we can say, I know I need to be doing it or... Um, you know, I really want to exercise, but I just don't have the time or I just, it just doesn't happen. Days, weeks, months go by and yeah. we haven't created that space for it. Um, but if there is something that you can identify as being your exercise trigger, then it makes a massive difference. And using that over and over again will actually help you create an exercise habit in your life, which is pretty darn amazing. And there's never going to be the time. So you're going to have to find the time. Like there's, I mean, even though they're probably, if you looked at someone's day and they wrote down everything they did, there's probably lots of time, but it's taken up by other things. If you don't force yourself to actually take the time, you'll never find the time. Totally, totally. Um, we were running a session last week and we talked about exactly that, how no matter what stage you're at in your life, you never seem to have enough time. I think about me like at university and I was so busy and then, you know, going it to work, I was so busy. And then I had a baby and I was like, oh my God, that was the biggest kick up the bum ever. Because then I really realized how busy I was. Like you never, you then you have two kids and it's super busy. I, I, I totally agree. It's funny. I think back on myself when I didn't have any children and I was just working and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, can't, I don't have time for anything. And then fast forward 15 years, I've got four children and it's like, now I, now I really have no time. And who was that person moaning before? She had lots of time. She was, she was just a moaner. This one now has no time. So it's, but you'll never, you'll never feel like you have time. So like you said, we just have to make time. And we talked about it before and we kind of bounced away, but one of the biggest things which we need to talk about, the thing that no one wants to talk about after they have a baby, but pelvic floor and the lack of it potentially for some women after they have a baby, there's probably, we could talk for hours on all the things you recommend for this, but what would be your best pieces of advice or best tips when people come to you and say, fix my pelvic floor, what do I do? So um, one of the biggest bits of advice, firstly, is don't ignore any signs. If there is, I guess, listen to your, your body and take on board the feedback that it's giving you. If you, you know, having bladder leakage, if you are feeling dragging or any form of pain or heaviness, then take that as a sign and go and get it checked out. Go and book yourself in to see a specialized physiotherapist. Make sure that things are all working well. And if they're not, then take the time to make sure that you get things sorted, you do the exercises that you're meant to do in order to get it back to normal. So I guess that first bit of advice is don't ignore any signs. Don't just think she'll be right or I'll get it all sorted and fixed when I've finished having my kids um, because it can actually do more damage than good. That I think is one of the most important things. Um, a few little tips and tricks when it comes to your pelvic floor. Uh, a good one that I use because I know it's super busy when you've got um, little ones and it can, you know, fall off the wayside and you kind of forget all the time to do your pelvic floors. But a good tip that I use is whenever I change my little one's nappy, um, I think about my pelvic floors then and I do my exercises. So that's, I've found really, really helpful. It's an easy one too, because you're always going to change nappies when you have a baby. <laughs> 
Yep. And it's just about getting into that routine and using that, I guess, as my cue to do my pelvic floor exercises. Yeah. And for me, um, I'm a very visual person. So I um, actually, and this sounds ridiculous, but it's literally the only way that I would remember to do it. I've got stickers in certain places, these red, literally just a red circle sticker, one beside my um, bedside table. So First thing in the morning is the first thing I see and last thing I see before I go to bed. So I do my pelvic floors. And then in the bathroom, um, like on the toilet roll holder and then on the, the chair that I always feed Brody, so there's a red sticker. And those red stickers, again, remind me to, to do my pelvic floor exercises. I love that you but have stickers. I'm glad it's not like a whole sentence that says, please remember to do your pelvic floor exercises because that would be awkward when visitors come over and they're like, oh, this is awkward. I'm sitting in the pelvic floor chair. Yeah, totally. But I think the whole, the pelvic floor, you know, we always talk about strengthening our arm muscles or strengthening our lower body and your pelvic floor muscle is the most important muscle or one of the most important muscles, muscles, group of muscles. And it should be just as important as any other, you know, area of our body that we want to strengthen, if not more so. So really, yeah, making it a priority and having something that's going to remind you to do it. And I think what Jenna said too is really important, not leaving an issue and thinking I'll deal with that once I've had my family. Um, that's something that the physios that we've both been working with have said is quite common. I feel like you th- you guys just gave yourself a new motto though, because when you were talking, you kept saying like, don't ignore the pelvic floor. And I'm like, this is, I feel this is like a real health NZ motto or advertising campaign that needs to come out of here. It's easy and catchy. It is. I like it. You can just give give me some um some credits when you start advertising your new pelvic floor campaign. And it's about it's about you know not ignoring it not only for you know it's the quality of your life really oh, totally. and, and looking down the track you know at your future you don't want to have to be dealing with things like incontinence and later down the track when you know you would go to deal with things like menopause and things like that and your hormones level hormone levels all change then if we haven't dealt with some issues that we might have had postpartum, then those issues can get a hell of a lot worse, yeah. a hell of a lot, you know, really fast. And I would rather have terrible arm muscles than terrible pelvic floor muscles because my arm's not being very strong. I'll still survive and be live a normal life. If you have terrible pelvic floor muscles, you have to adapt because you do have issues that, you know, out, <laughs> that cause problems going forward. Yeah, totally. I think it's important to add here also that, your pelvic floor is very important even if you haven't had a vaginal birth. So those people that have had seizures as well, like the nine months of you growing a baby inside you, the pressure that it puts on those organs and that group of muscles that make up the pelvic floor um, is so incredibly important. So it's not just those that have had vaginal births. Every single woman that has had a baby needs to place emphasis and priority on strengthening. That's so true because people probably don't, think about it they probably think oh but I didn't have a vaginal birth you know I had a cesarean so oh she'll be right and then again fast forward 30 years and it's like oh actually that wasn't right and I probably should have put those red stickers around my house that they suggested but to remind me yeah, definitely. There's going to be a big sale on red stickers next week when you know people will be like, why have all the red stickers gone? It'll be like, well, actually, it links back to this episode that we did. <laughs> so I, um, oh, I've got so many things I could ask you guys, but I want to know as well, what do you both wish that new mums knew about the new bodies once they've had a baby and they've got this new body? What do you wish that they knew? Oh, gosh. I think there's so much pressure out there to bounce back. 
um, which the media. you know with with the media and, and social media, which we don't we obviously don't agree with at all. And I think that that notion and that pressure out there creates such pressure for women to you know to go out and to get back into things that they're not necessarily ready to get back into um, and to go on to you know a crash diet or things like that but um, and obviously at that time postpartum we need to be being so kind to ourselves we need to be moving our body yes but not thrashing it and nourishing our body with real foods rather than going on a diet restricting calories yeah. um, that that notion of bouncing back is something that we find really really frustrating um, we also think there's a lot of pressure out there to love your postpartum body. And we think it's just important to say too that it's okay if you don't love it straight away because it's such a big big change, isn't it? It's a huge change and it takes time to to adjust to the changes and you're and accepting that you're never going to be what you were pre-baby. Whatever whether that's you might your, the physical changes that your body has been through are huge and mm. it, your body is not what it used to be and that that's okay if that makes any sense that we ramble there <laughs> yep no that does that makes sense yeah and, and that's so important too because people just need to be just have the awareness and feel confident in the fact that this is how things are now and they can you know work on getting fit and healthy and all those things but you're never going to be the same and your body's never going to be exactly the same as it was before you had a baby and that's normal. That's what just what happens after, you know, you've had a baby and that's okay. Pretty friggin' incredible, Al. Oh, absolutely. And the things they can go through. Yeah. Yep. No, and oh, no, absolutely. I could ask you guys questions all day long. So I'm going to have to force myself to wrap it up. Um, but what I do when I have people on here is I get guests to give me their top three tips for navigating motherhood. So, but since there's two of you, let's split it. Let's go two each. So I want to know from each of you, what are your top two tips for just navigating the motherhood journey? Brian, you can start. <laughs> I would say the biggest tip would be you do you when it comes to motherhood. Um, no one knows your backstory or no one knows what you're going through and it's important just to not to, to stick to what you know is best for you and your family, not be pressurised by everything that might be going on around you. Um, Love it. That would be my and the other one would be that you don't have to do it all yourself and it's okay to ask for help. And as I say this, I'm like... <gasps> I, this is something that I'm working on. Um, yeah, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to reach out and, yeah, where you can get some help, get some help because motherhood is freaking hard. <laughs> love it. I love both of those and those are so important that people, including ourselves, listen to. <laughs> so go, next two tips. What are our next two tips? My two from Jenna. The first one is go with your gut. So go with that feeling. If you've got a gut feeling, make sure that you press on it. And you, at the end of the day, you know your baby the best. You're with your baby all of the time. So if you feel like something's not right, then make sure that you take the steps that you need in order to get it checked out, get it sorted, maybe get a second opinion. Um, yeah, go with your gut. It's pretty amazing, a mother's intuition. Uh, and then my last one, and it's just reiterating what we've kind of gone over throughout this podcast, and that is that self-care is not selfish. As a mum, it's 100% essential. In order to keep on giving to all of those people that we love, including those little precious babies, um, we need to make sure that we look after ourselves, our health and wellness, because it is so incredibly important. 
Love it. And it's both like both things when both of you have like touched on and covered on often come up is tips and advice when I talk to different people. And I feel like we all, even, even those who offer the advice, I know myself too, we all just need to really make sure we are just mindful about taking those things on and being kind to ourselves and actually, you know, taking a bit of the pressure off. So thank you guys so, so, so much. Chatting to you guys has been informative and interesting and we could have talked all day if I didn't have to you know stop us and let us we can we'll definitely have I definitely have you guys on again so we can catch up and people can hear more so where do people people listening would have gone oh my gosh I want to see what's happening what they've got on offer where they are so where do people find you online and on social media so our website is www.realhealthnz.co.nz and then you can just find us by searching Real Health NZ on social media. Yeah, come on the journey with us. We're always sharing, sharing our motherhood journey, sharing the motherhood the journey. highs and the lows. <laughs> well, that's important. It's so important for people. I see some pages and it's all just like everything's wonderful. There's never any issues. And I'm like, mm, I have less interest in watching people that don't share any of the lows. When you have people that share the lows, it's like, yep, these are my kind of people. They are normal mothers having a normal yep. journey. You'll, yep. you'll hear it if we've only had a couple of hours sleep at night. <laughs> Awesome. And as I mentioned before, there is going to be an awesome postnatal specific fitness program that you guys have got coming out. Is that next month? Is that April? Yes. So the date we're aiming for is April 25th. Um, all things going to plan. It will be around then. And yeah, we're really, really excited about it. It's obviously covers the exercise side of things, but it, it covers so much more than that. It really is about what we talked about earlier, setting the foundations, a solid foundation to help women get ex- back into exercise safely. Um, and it also covers uh, nutrition and it covers lots of our tips. We share our journey. Um, and we've also gotten experts where we've needed to. So we've got a female physiotherapist that helps put together some of the content. Uh, and we've also got um, a nutritionist on board as well. So it's really exciting. It's all yeah. shaping up um, quite well. And yeah, we're excited to, to see mm-hmm. what women I can't wait to see when it launches and I encourage people to start following along and see what's happening and get information when it comes out too. So thank you both so much for joining me. This has been awesome. Thank, thank you, you so for much having us. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. So thank you everyone who has listened in and listened to our conversation today. Don't forget to um, jump online, leave a review, leave feedback, leave comments, and also share this episode with any new mums that you think need to hear it, you know, tag them in it and so forth, just so the word spreads and we can get out there and reach a few more mums that need to hear what we've talked about today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Welcome to Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves. I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take-home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.